Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Just Talk Little Gay. I'm here, my psychic is here, here, and so is our guest. Let's get started. Who do we have on today's show? Today we have one amazing talent. He's a filmmaker, comic book writer, martial artist, entrepreneur, and much more, Dan Lucana. Wow, he really does it all. Absolutely. Can't wait to hear his story, but before we get started, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, Fade Life Clothing, BCK Online, and NPR. Fade Life Clothing is a unique clothing line in Atlanta, Georgia. It returns those who love intoxicating style. And BCK Online is a digital online magazine that keeps you in the know and up to date on the lives of young entertainers, rising stars, parents, and much more. NPR is definitely the missing link to your success in the entertainment industry. I'm glad Fade Life Clothing, BCK Online, and NPR are all back another season. Now then, go grab your snacks, sit back, relax, and as always, enjoy, enjoy the show! Jan, welcome to the show. We're glad you join us for an episode of Just Talk With Gabe. Hey, thanks so much for having me. All right, thank you for being on. Let's get into it. Okay, so you're an award-winning producer, director, action choreographer. Tell us how you got started in the industry overall. I grew up in the comic book business, and uh, both my parents are martial, are martial artists. So um, <clears throat> for the most part, movement and storytelling uh, and media have all always been interconnected for me. So my, my dad was a comic critic and writer and uh, his mentor w- uh, was the editor-in-chief of Marvel, Jim Shooter. So I'd spent a lot of time, uh, a lot of time going to the Marvel offices when I was a kid. And then Jim started Valiant and I would go there with my dad. And uh, then he left Valiant and uh, in a, left Valent in a, in a turbulent way, Valiant in a turbulent way. And that, that uh, was very much the foundation of uh, my father encouraging me to start a company. Um, but they, uh, Jim started another uh, imprint called Defiant Comics. And he and my dad did um, The Good Guys there, which was the first crowdsourced um, superhero book where everybody, every character drawn into the comic book was crowdsourced. Uh, there were fans who sent their photo in and they drew the fans into the comic. And, uh, you know, just, just watching my dad go through these, um, these comic book experiences. And he wrote a silver surfer novel that, that had a bunch of red tape attached to it that didn't get published. And, and, um, you you know, seeing my dad be upset when I was a little kid on something that he worked on for several years of my childhood really inspired me to, uh, it catalyzed me to, to boycott Marvel for a while. And, um, when I, I always felt like everybody should be able to, to contribute to these larger storylines and, um, didn't understand why my dad, like his story couldn't be part of, of the larger story. So, you know, all that just kind of stayed in my heart and, and, uh, I went to code video games when I was in high school and, um, (laughs) yeah, it was, it was great. And, and, uh, but also, you know, it's, I did not have the, the guidance that I, uh, I guess it wasn't for me. Um, I didn't feel like I really understood the teachers. And um, so I just paid someone to do my final project and that's called executive. <laughs> that's a whole another, that's a whole another uh, podcast, right? Yeah. And, and, I mean, th- that's called executive producing in the film world. <laughs> so I, I, I went from uh, video games to filmmaking and, uh, in high school, and I went to the New York Film Academy's first ever high school program in New York, oh, 
And I started working on professional sets at 17 because of that. And um, my teachers were at NYU. So they walked me into NYU. Uh, Mike Sandoval in particular, who uh, became the chair of the New York Film Academy. He was a student then at the, uh, NYU. And uh, he walked me in and said, Jan wants to go here and, and uh, introduced me to the dean. And, and uh, it was just a very clear path for me that I was very grateful for. So, um, and the intention was to, to go into college coming out with a script, but because of my comic book background, a feature script as, as, uh, as I was instructed by my mentors, they're like, you, you want to come out of school with your feature script so that you can go and make your first feature film so you can have this career as a director. But I grew up in comic books, so it made sense to come out with a franchise. <laughs> right. well, I, need to, I need to come out of school with, a, with an idea that, that can be comic books and toys and can have multiple spinoffs and, all, and essentially have a world. And uh, Justice for Hire was the my senior thesis film, and um, you know that years later has has not only become a um, you know record set in comic book, but became our our first show that we're producing with a global community at uh, Real World. So um, you know it's it's that became my calling card. Uh, Justice for Hire, my my senior thesis film, um, the comic books augmented that and and uh, got us lots more work across entertainment. I started my production company while I was at, uh, at NYU. So everything I did, um, was under a uh, creative impulse entertainment banner. And, um, I would just run around Hollywood, uh, you, you know, doing work as creative impulse and, and got a lot of uh, wonderful contacts. So, um, but all of that led to real world and all of that led to uh, a bunch of knowing a bunch of wonderful human beings and, um, seeing that every industry has, kind of the same problem. They just call it something uh, by a different name. And so if we could build a tool to help solve that problem, then we're in a very uh, advantageous position. And that's what we built with Real World. Oh, wow. wow. That's an amazing story. That is, definitely. <laughs> um, as a director, I know we touched on this earlier, but what types of projects do you like to take on and why? <clears throat> Interesting. Action is my main, my my the thing I love the most. And... Um, emotional action to me is becoming more and more interesting. And, uh, and that's because I've, I've been around so much action camera work uh, and have been shooting action films since I was a teenager. So seeing how, my, how many people are creating amazing, awesome camera work and, and fight scenes on, on social media right now on Instagram and TikTok um, and YouTube and just being like, huh, you know, like I remember doing that when I was a teenager too, but now there's a, you know, there's a lot, the volume has been raised on it and that's awesome. Um, I'm always looking for, to fill the gap, to fill the hole. Um, and, and that's something that as a, as an athlete, uh, you know, I coach the U S Tai Chi push hands team and that's a major component of my life. And that's part of the strategy is how you win against an opponent as you fill all, fill the void uh, that they've, they've left. And so uh, when it comes to, to any projects, I, I, I'm really always looking for action and I'm more interested now in the, in the feelings that catalyze the, the big moments in cinema that we love. You know, uh, right. I think Endgame, right. Endgame is a great example where I think we saw as a, as a global, um, you know, as a global culture of fandom, we saw all these heroes we see ourselves in united together on screen 
and how can you know what led to that so many emotional beats led to that one moment and so how can we sit and understand that and how can we recreate where i think as 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 fans and as moviegoers we're so bored of of so many of the tropes of uh especially of hollywood filmmaking because hollywood really sets the standard for the rest of the world and we're seeing the rest of the world take our patterns and outdo us in certain ways with those same techniques so how can we continue to push the envelope um as as trendsetters and i really think that the answer is going to be in uh it lay in the the emotional uh, the understanding of the emotional arcs um and the uh uh, I think Iron Man is a great example of a hero that, that allowed, uh, gave permission to other heroes, other, uh, to the whole genre to be uh, a little bit more emotionally intelligent. So how can we look at uh, emotional intelligence when it comes to action, my favorite genre, and, and make emotional intelligence a, a key driving force in our storytelling? So that is, uh, uh, my, my favorite projects are action, but it's, it's action with an emotional core. Okay, that's 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 an amazing answer. I'm like, okay, yeah. so what movie are we gonna watch? <laughs> what are you gonna do, Jan? Let me yeah. see it. <laughs> I, honestly, I I highly recommend RRR. If you, I'm sure you've heard of it, um, b- biggest movie in the world the, this year um, fr- from uh, India, and it's uh-huh. on Netflix. It's an action film, and it's really important because not since Endgame have I seen, or I think we as a culture have seen people celebrating dancing in theaters freaking out and and people are flipping i mean there's there's people are throwing ticker tape parades in the theater because Ah. of this one film and what's it called again rrr yeah three r's rrr yeah it's it's pretty much everywhere right now on on um like all the the major like honest trailer pitch meeting all the major um the cinema review sites have started picking it up and it's uh it's box office wise it was it's i think it's been the biggest movie of the year um or at at least among them or a few months ago it was uh, at least prior to uh top gun maverick okay Okay. definitely gonna put that on the watch list today yeah highly it's great it's awesome (laughs) now what would you say has been your most challenging project to ever make (sighs) my most challenging project uh I, i mean you know, I've had so many different projects that have each had their own challenges that, that there's been growth. I, I'd say real world right now is probably the, it, because it's an ecosystem rather than a film. Are you asking about a film or, or, or in general, in, in general? Yeah, I'd say real world. And I, and because of the fact that it's, it is my life's work, it really is the culmination of, of all my experience across, you know, films, comic, music, gaming, etc. Um, and to, I've been, you know, working on this consciously since um, 2011, honestly. Wow. And so uh, 11 years. And um, in 2014, I, it, it really crystallized. I still didn't have the name uh, Real World, but I was spending time at Universal Music Group incubating the idea. Um, and... It, it, you know, really saying, hey, look, if you want to create the next wave in media, it's going to be storytelling together as a community and cinematic storytelling like, the, you know, all these these behaviors that we love on social media are going to, uh, you know, bleed into our everyday lives and how we perceive 
um, story. And so how can we, how can we make sure that the people who are growing up um, contributing to, to every social network is a story we are telling together. It's not framed that way, but that's what it is. So if we can look at social networks as massive stories, how can we say, um, how can we, we guide the larger story so that, so that everyone is, is working toward the same goal. And an example of that is what real world's doing with, um, with justice for hires, our first show. We're like, Hey, you know, we're, we're all making one show together. Anyone can be part of it right from their phone and you you can join the cast, make your own scenes. But there is a, like there's seasonal story arcs. And so, you know, there are different missions and challenges that you can take on that when you do these scenes, they help progress us as a community toward that, that big event at the end of the season. And, you know, to have that, that, that story structure adapted to a social media experience where anybody can just, you know, shoot a scene and, and, and perform right from their phone. Like that to me is, is a, uh, incredibly inclusive and fun but getting there that's where the challenges have been it's it's uh you know i i've been at at some of the top startup incubators and accelerators and have had challenges for years um just you know people seeing the vision because for a lot for a long time it was ahead of its time it wasn't until the the pandemic where people started calling me saying hey you know that cinematic social network you guys are working on like that's it seems like now's the time. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's true. A lot of a lot of amazing home, things so. came out of the pandemic. So yeah. yeah. Do you feel that having been in the front of the camera has helped you behind the camera? Oh, absolutely. I'm so grateful for my my acting teachers at NYU, and and after I did some some private training afterward as well, and and a bunch of the actors that I worked with, I, I, you know, continue to work with from school and, and afterwards. So um, being able to, I'll say this, I, we just shot a video with, uh, thanks to Lisa, actually, with Cato Roberts. Oh, wow. Um, and so Cato is, uh, he's got his own Justice for Hire character. And, um, you know, for, for folks that, I, I didn't know about Darman. Uh, like on YouTube. So a bunch of the, the, the younger JFH fans are like, oh, it's the kid from Darman. And I'm like, it's all, okay, cool. Let me look at what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, I just followed on YouTube, <laughs> subscribed on YouTube. I'm like, okay, let me check this out. But um, one of the really interesting things about Cato that I, I got just from looking at the one video that we shot with him was how intentional his, the messages that he gave the camera are. I, and, and, to, I think it's really important for a director to step in front of the camera and understand that, that at each moment there, there's a intention behind what you're delivering. Right. And you might be able to talk about it. You might be able to, to tell an actor what you want and then you know, leave it up to them to interpret. But to really know, uh, it's so similar to martial arts in terms of, of um, especially Kung Fu, um, because Kung Fu can be so uh, performative and to know that this expression means this in this moment. Um, so I think anytime you have some sort of physical um, language of communication, it's going to help your directorial experience because the intent behind uh, movement and the intent behind the eyes still are generated from the same source inside the human being. 
and to be able to um, to gain that much more of a control over that with your own self discipline is um, just benefits articulation across all all types of um, forms of communication. That's true. That is true. Now you brought up martial art and arts, and you kind of said something right there that the movement of it, and to me, it's it's beautiful. Any martial art. I could just sit there and watch, and watch it. it, all it, looks, day. Yeah. it looks like a dance. You know, it looks like people are fighting. They're fighting. They're fighting. But they're dancing. The dance. It looks, um, it's beautiful to me. So you were raised in a family of martial artists. And of course, as you mentioned, you are one. Tell us how that experience kind of has developed you into, you know, who you are. It's a part of your career. So tell us all about that. You know, I, I loved, uh, it, it was great and comforting being a baby in a stroller and look and just being super warm on a, on a overcast day and looking out and seeing both my parents doing like Tai Chi and Kung Fu with their martial arts teachers and, and uh, fellow students. And I just remember, I remember that, that, that warmth and I remember the cool air and inhaling it and really, ah, just, you know? <laughs> so, so I remember being a baby and loving that. And, um, and I, you know, there's a big part of me that I'm, I'm deeply appreciative for the life that my parents gave me um, because pretty much everything I do is, is uh, you know, I, I kind of, I picked up what, what they gave me and, and have been doing my best to refine and take it to, the, to, to my own level. Um, I, I, there's parts of me that wish that I, I, was, I was pushed more in martial arts as a kid. Uh, because it wasn't until I was probably 15, 16 that I started getting back into training. I stopped between ages 9 and 18 and, and gained um, a significant amount of weight and, and you know, felt waves of depression, etc. And I, I wish I had more of that training in my life and it didn't feel accessible to me uh, the way I, 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 uh, it is now. Right. Um, and that it was when I was a kid. So... Uh, and I, I'm appreciative for that as well, because the, the challenges there help me um, to identify with other people who go through those challenges. I, I honestly feel like I've, I, it, it's a gift because it helped me, again, be more uh, empathetic. And, um, and so uh, I, I, I love the martial training. I love the, um, the experiences that I had, even, even the challenges I'm grateful for. Um, but it's really it's the combination of, of martial arts and, and being able to tell a story um, and wanting to see martial arts in the story. They really started helping me in high school when I was training at the uh, USA Shaolin temple. And I was you know surrounded by a bunch of celebrities that were just there because the monk was like, like one of the cool people in town that everyone wanted to be around um, the head monk of the school. And you know, I was just around professional actors. So I would, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid at New York Film Academy and uh, I have access to a 16 millimeter film camera, Aeroflex camera. And I'm just like, hey, you guys want to be in a, an action film? And everyone, <laughs> everyone would always say yes to me. And uh, having professional actors always say yes to me and having a bunch of people who are just martial arts enthusiasts who, you know, not actors at all, who also loved the genre and just wanted to be in it too, to be able to take the professionals 
and the non-professionals and to unite over something we all love and to get them all in front of the camera together. That has always been a part of my filmmaker's journey. That's always been a part of my experience. I've never known anything outside of that. So um, I, I am I am really, really grateful that all of my, um, pretty much all of my entertainment, uh, my, my significant milestone entertainment uh, relationships, the ones that have, have opened up massive doors for me and introduced me to a, a bunch of other wonderful people and experiences, they've all come from martial arts. Wow. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, literally all of them. So, and, and I, even our, 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 you know, fancy board of advisors right now, several of those folks, you, know, you don't know as martial artists, but they train. And so to be able to have that, that quiet connection and that knowing with another human being of like, oh yeah, we understand the discipline. We understand the approach. We understand the perspective. Like that to me is, is powerful. And, and I have to remind myself that that's been my journey because when I forget that, um, you know, I, I can, I can find more, uh, you know, you can find the things that, that divide you with others, or you can find the things that unite, unite you with others. And I, I do my best to, to keep in mind that there's this very, very powerful thing that's, that makes any place in the world that trains my home. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is yeah, true. That is true. So I know you touched on this earlier, but your company, Real World, can you tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, we, we are the first social film studio. We are all about making movies and shows with the world. And we built a cinematic social network so that anybody can make movies and shows right from their phone together as a community. So our first show that we've produced like that is Justice for Hire. And our first episode made with the community went viral on TikTok and got 7.5 million views. Wow. And showed us that uh, people want to, we got a million overnight and that was like kind of mind blowing. And we were like, oh, okay, that's cool. And it just kept going and, and you know, thousands of people sharing it and, and commenting on it and which is actually more valuable than the view count. And um, to see that type of audience response, not just for, liking what the content but recognizing that it was something that we can do together like that was was a, a massive uh, data point proof point for us because it, it just it just validated a lot of things that we already knew for our larger community of of hollywood professionals that were like oh well let's see let's see oh my god 7.5 million views oh that's cool <laughs> yeah, that got their attention real fast. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, like literally within a, a, a few days, we had partnerships um, that we wow. executed on like right away, and um, and just helped to elevate a lot of what we're doing. And, and uh, but you know, right now the the main focus is uh, we're on WeFunder with our first crowdfunding campaign. This is equity crowdfunding that anybody can buy stock in the company and own part of the company and our patent pending technology. Um, and, and what, what the social network is, to be clear, is a social network with guidance. That means that you get directorial input from our platform anytime you make a video. So it's helping you choose uh, your, your role. It's helping you uh, perform in a scene. Uh, it's helping you to, uh, by saying, hey, this is where to place the camera. Do one shot, do multiple shots. And uh, you know, this, it's, it's, it's all about guidance and uh, how to help people tell their best story and connect it to other stories. So that's how we can have cinematic universes like produced together that will rival Marvel's 
it's because we all have our own characters within this very large shared story. And then, you know, we as a production company are the ones making the quote unquote show, but anybody who produces content, um, you know, we look at all that content and it's all canon. It's all, it's all officially part of our larger story. And then we just pull, pick and choose um, what works for a particular episode. And, and then we shoot with professional actors and combine the footage together. And it looks awesome. So um, we have a, a, a season zero out now that people can watch anywhere on our app, on justiceforhire.app. That's our first uh, cinematic social network. And um, they can also watch on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok. But, um, you know, our next step is really all about making sure that anybody can do the same thing with their own storyline. Meaning uh, if you want to have your own show or your own film made with the community, we want you to be able to do that. So, you know, our, our, our big question right now is, is to everybody is like, what's your cinematic universe? Like, like Gabe, Tiffany, like, what, what, if you, if you could produce a show, I'm interested as a question to you, if you could produce a show with anybody in the world joining right from their phones, what would that show be? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Okay, you go first. <laughs> I mean, I think I know you're probably gonna say the same thing I will. What? Probably something like kinda of like dark and edgy with like vampires, like a monster film or something like that. Uh, no, I was you thinking are... like the Corleone's um Corleone's old Italy. Old Italy that too. <laughs> yeah. So amazing. That, that those are both amazing answers and I, I wanna touch on the Corleone one for a moment. I wanna touch on both of them. The, so one of the first um, thought exercises that I would say to investors years ago, when we were like quietly raising money on the New York startup scene, um, is I would I would say I would talk about the Godfather, the first Godfather film, and I would say, do do you remember the scene with the horse in the bed, the horse's head? Yes, in the bed? that was like a and classic scene. Yes, y- yes, and and the thought exercise was who saw uh, who saw it happen. It, it were, who, who, who working on the grounds of, of, that, of that house in, in that film, uh, what other characters work at that house? What other characters live in that town? Who heard about what happened to that horse? What are their stories? What were they doing at that time? Wow. So when you think about story like that, um, and I think one of the greatest examples of a company that thinks about story like that is, is Marvel and Disney and um, Hawkeye. The show is a great example where they flash back to the very first Avengers film in the very first episode of Hawkeye. Right. What's happening when we don't see Hawkeye? Oh, uh, a like one of those alien ships crashes into a building that where the the little girl lives, who eventually becomes the the, the newest Hawkeye. So right. you know, to 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 think about character and story as universes that are you know, populated by any single character you see has its own life. And so somebody that walks by in the background of Iron Man three can be a major villain in Spider-Man far. And that's exactly what happened in Spider-Man far. It's like, Oh, it's that guy from the background of that Tony Stark presentation. You know, it's so if you think about it like that, then how come we can't open up every single movie to the crowd? to the fans, to the audience, to expand their own stories, playing characters within these story worlds. And so under that premise, if you look at a story as a gateway into an experience like that, then these films are no longer just passive experiences that we can thoroughly enjoy, but then we can start to populate these experiences 
under the, the this potentially but the same tone of storytelling um, with our own characters. And and so you know one of the the major uh, requests that we get is to have a horror uh, world. And oh, yes. you know lots of horror fans are are you know and and there are a bunch of different horror platforms that have you know experiences of varying levels of community participation but what we're doing with justice for hire is is just never been done before so like our our next you know bringing this big circle back to what we're doing on WeFunder with our crowdfunding campaign is that the next level of our technology is for us to be able to offer this to every single person to do exactly what 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 I've done as a creator I created Justice for Hire uh, and I put it on our app. And now we have a global cast of people. We have, a, 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 I think it's like some 500 plus cast members, which is larger than yeah. most wow. shows. And if you think of it in, in that term, uh, in that terminology, like cast member, like that's crazy to have that many cast members in a show and I'm an independent filmmaker. So any person, any creator, yeah. We just want to be able to give this this same experience to creators all around the world, so that you can have your vampire world, so somebody else can have their elf world, and you people can just tell stories together in these worlds. And we're going to find, you know, so many amazing new characters. I used to say we would find the next one hundred Deadpool's on real world, <laughs> because within a few years we're going to have more original characters on real world than at Marvel and DC combined. Like that's a reality. So, like, it's to me, this is really the next level of of um, of cinema, and it's not just filmmaking, it's not gaming, uh, but it takes elements of gaming, and it's not just social media because there, it's more about investment of time over time. You keep telling the story; you don't just do a one off, and uh, that's very much I think you know every filmmaker knows that it takes time to to make these great stories, these grand stories. So it's, you know, we call it social filmmaking. This is a, a, a very much a new, uh, a new area, a new industry that we're helping to shape. And, um, you know, if, we would love to have you guys make your worlds on there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, our worlds could com- collide. We could have like a vampire mafia crossover. Oh, man, that's the awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah. Like the aristocratic it's family. That's just the original. That's just the original. Well, that's okay. <laughs> okay. That's okay, Jan. awesome. I have a question for you. Can anyone just Joe Blow off the street join in what you're doing and how can they do that? How can they get to participate in what you're doing with Real World? Uh, Justiceforhire.app is where anybody and everybody can go right now and join the cast of Justice for Hire. And it's free to join. Yeah, you can. Uh, the premise of Justice for Hire is Uber for heroes where you can hire a hero or become one and get paid. So uh, that premise allows us to have an infinitely expanding cast of heroes and villains and clients that hire them. So go right there right now. You join the cast and uh, start making scenes immediately. And uh, you'll see a bunch of events on there. And and you can focus on your own story or you can tie yourself into the larger cinematic universe anytime you want. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, guys, you heard it. Go to Justice for Hire and start making some movies. <laughs> All right. We're going to go on a quick commercial break. Jane, would you stay with us for some fun? Sure. Of course. Okay. All right. We'll be right back, guys. Wow, Jan.
Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back, guys. You've not downloaded the Anchor.fm app. Do it. Do it. Start making your own podcast today. Let's get back into the show. That's fun round. All right. So what is your favorite city and why? New York is my favorite city. And uh-huh. I'm a born and raised New Yorker. Um, I believe that it is the capital of the Western world on planet Earth. And <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, you know, if... if if, if you want the capital of the spiritual world, you go to India. And if you want the capital of the Western world, you go to, to New York. And specifically Manhattan. And specifically, uh, uh, maybe, I mean, look, 14th Street and below is, is really where it's happening. But, you know, God bless everybody up, uh, on the entire island. <laughs> okay. okay, well, we're going to have to take that into consideration. Yeah, I've well. never been to New York. Never have I. I want to go. Oh, so it's on our wish list. It is definitely the energy conduit of... Uh, 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 you know, uh, at least of the states. Okay. <laughs> now you grew up behind the scenes at all these comic companies. Do you have a favorite superhero? I'm looking directly at my father's favorite superhero, the Silver Surfer, and I often uh, I, I'm surrounded right now by an altar of all the uh, these these heroes that 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 um, you know make me uh, you know help me do what I do. So, but I, I really think this, the Silver Surfer is the um, most complete hero. And it's because he has the power cosmic, the power of creation. And, you know, I love, I, I, I always loved how my father framed this character um, because it was, it was very, very close to my spiritual upbringing and, um, and many concepts that I, that I was, was uh, afforded as a child. So, I love seeing a superhero that that embodied so much of these other cultures that I, I find very complementary to um, to life in our in our society um, without having the stigma of those cultures. Um, right. But so I'm a, a big proponent of of take the best and leave the rest. And what I mean by that is like take the things that work uh, in a system and the things that don't work. Um, yeah, you know, don't don't bring it with you so that you can build the best system. And I, I love seeing that um, materialize in a character, and this character bringing so much hope and healing, uh, while also you know having this dichotomy of being the herald of Galactus, right? The, the eater of worlds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't get super surfer much when I ask these questions. Truly, yeah, I think it's a very interesting character. Yeah, he, he, we actually saw um, the old Fantastic Four movie, movie the other day. So did we. My son just saw it for the first time two weeks ago. We saw the, oh. sec- the second one, The Rise of the Silver Rise Surfer. The, yeah. Did he like it? Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I thought that that second film was too short because The Silver Surfer was so good. Right. And, yeah. you know, the, those film, the, the, Fantastic Four movies, the Fantastic Four movies don't get a, a, a really good rap. But I think they're, they're some of the better non-Marvel uh, Studios Marvel films. Right. So, you know, uh, uh, like, I, I thought the thing was excellent. And it, just, like, his, his whole performance, Michael Chiklis, um, his performance was, was wonderful. And he was a big actor. He was, like, in his heyday when, that, um, when Fantastic Four came out. Like, he was, he was on – I forgot what New York police drama he was on. But um, – you know he was a he was a very notable actor at that time, and um, Ian I forgot the guy who his last name who plays uh, Reed Richards 
like that was he was coming hot off of uh um it was around the time he was in king arthur um if you remember that that king arthur king arthur with um clive owen uh which is excellent directed by antoine fuqua it's a phenomenal movie it's phenomenal have to check that one yeah, out too. You're giving phenomenal. me a good, you're giving me a good um, movie watch list here today. <laughs> okay, if you had to choose any superpower, what would it be? I mean, I'd have to go right back to the power cosmic for right. Silver Surfer. Yeah, just the the ability to create, manifest anything. To to, I mean, the, there's just his powers are almost endless, and I I think that if I'm going to choose anything, I, I got to go with that one. <laughs> That's, That's a good fair. one. That's, That's fair. That's a good one. I want tele- telepathy. Telepathy. Can't say that ten times fast. <laughs> right. well, no. I mean, like to a certain extent, though. I mean, like the, depending on where your belief system lay, but I think that that our, our brains really are formatted for uh, wireless communication. If oh, you look absolutely. at some of the, you know the oldest texts in the world talk about this. And so there's there's, there's definitely something there. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think we use every single square inch and i think scientists have proven we don't of our brain so yeah there's, yeah, there's so much there, there that it's probably would, would be mind-blowing for us to even tap into it so yeah absolutely absolutely now despite everything you've done is there something on your bucket list that you're still scratching towards i what i'm doing with real world right now is what i'm going to be doing for the rest of my life Oh, it's awesome. When, That's awesome. when, it, when it comes to um, galvanizing groups to take action within a single story. And that story can be uh, for a movie. It could be for a show. It could be for some goodwill effort that we want to do as a, as a global community in the real world, um, the actual physical real world, not, not uh, our company. And so, uh, so to me, this is, it's a tool to do that. And um, I'm, I'm really grateful to, to zero in on that in my life. I think, you know, finding your purpose, everyone's purpose is different um, to be able to, to find that is such a, a great privilege. And I'm, I'm really grateful to have found mine. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is really cool to say that, you know, you found your, you found your passion. That's yeah. Really amazing. Right. Now it's getting close to October, you know, Halloween coming up soon. Would you rather just watch ghost movies or go look for them yourself? Uh, you know, honestly, like, I feel like they find me and I'm, <laughs> I'm good. And so I, I'm not a big fan of scary movies, but I do deeply appreciate these, the techniques, the cinematic techniques of the genre. Right. So uh, I, I think the world can be honestly scary enough where I don't need to freak myself out anymore. So I'm like, I'm like, man, like, you know what, like, how can I, how can I bring some light? I, you know, I have both spawn. I, I, I don't know if you, you're fans of Todd McFarlane's spawn. Um, oh my God. Uh, so I got spawn number one on my desk and I got gunslinger spawn number one right now. And my, my, my son's first published art as a, as an artist is uh, in gunslinger. No, it's in uh, scorched, which is another spawn book. Number seven, where he had his fan, his fan art published this past summer. Oh, and, wow. Um, and so we're big Spawn fans. Or he's a huge Spawn fan. So, uh, and he got to meet Tom McFarlane at Comic-Con this year in San Diego and get his, uh, his fan art signed by him. And, and it was great. Um, so, I mean, I, I love 
I love Spawn. I love I love how you know I love how creepy it could be. Um, right. But I also think I'm like man, like this. I want to I want to see characters bring more light to the world. Um, and I don't mean that in a I, when I was a little kid, I used to think that meant cheesy, like, oh, yeah, everything's going to be nice and good. You know, like just really, really soft, uh, you know, buttery, uh, like not, stuff that's not like cool, like visceral action. I, and I, I didn't realize that you could connect the two. And I think that there really is uh, a beautiful way for us to to heal so much of the the pain and the challenges in the world um, and the things that might generate the the desire for for so much um you know negative or dark or horrific images um and 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 i think there's a way for us to to uh to use the the same techniques uh but for a a different purpose and that's something i'm I'm honestly deeply exploring with uh season one of justice for hire because we're pulling a lot from from um you know, cinema as a whole to to produce a, a new type of series, especially since it's the first series from Real World. So uh, we're, we're the intention to put a lot of light into the world while also kicking a lot of ass at the same time is a is a top priority. That's good. That's good. That's definitely. really good. There's always like you know in your heart for a character that has that redeeming arc that does yeah. bring light into the world. So yeah, absolutely. If you could only take five things to a desert island, what would they be? Huh. Well, I, I have to speak from right now. Okay. And, uh, you know, for, for some reason I had to be on Desert Island right now, I'd probably bring this book that I need. That's been around me since childhood that I haven't read yet, so I want to read a book I haven't read. Uh, it's called The Holy Man and the Psychiatrist. Oh. Interesting. And I'm looking at this right now. Sai Baba, The Holy Man and the Psychiatrist. That's why I need to read this. And a friend gave it to me. For my birthday, I think earlier this year, and um, and again, I've seen this book in my household since I was little. But I never read it, so I was like, okay, this is probably a sign that I need to read this. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so, so I bring that. Uh, who? What else? Uh, I bring the. Is there food on this desert island, or like? <laughs> um, you could find it. You could okay. probably find it. You know. But if you want to bring some in, that might be better. That might too. be better. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, you, you know, I'd, I'd probably bring mostly. I can't believe I'm saying this. Cause I used to hate reading when I was a little kid. But I'd probably bring mostly books. Oh wow. Um, huh. and because I really feel like the there's there's something in these. There are certain written texts that have have within them um, deeply reach, researched uh, uh, truths. For, for society. And if I'm on a desert island and, and perhaps have to start a new society, I should probably have some reference point that's, uh, you know, already written down that I don't have to go through, do all that work for, you know, build right. on other that's people's right. work. And so when other people start coming around, I'm like, hey, just look at this book. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, now I get it. Okay, great. Now we can all build together. That's right. true. That's, that's true. not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea at all. Okay. So chess or checkers? Hmm. You have to pick one. Ah, uh, chess. Yeah, chess. Yeah, chess. I could do without checkers. Yeah. Yeah, I've you know I've been playing checkers in for a while, for a long time. Really? I haven't been entertained by checkers in a long time myself. <laughs> See. See. Yeah. 
we our chess matches get kind of brutal since we're both very competitive, very competitive people. we can really kind of bad with each other when we play chess <laughs> any board game like even monopoly yeah it's kind of bad over here <laughs> board game we're game period <laughs> so my coach was um on the u.s tai chi push chance team that i, I took over for, for my coach josh waitskin which was the uh the chess prodigy uh the child chess prodigy that the film searching for bobby fisher was based on oh my gosh that's awesome so, so he recruited myself and my father onto the u.s tai chi push hands team when i was just still in college at nyu and um and you know we, we would hang out and you know, he'd come over the house and sometimes i'm playing chess with some of my other buddies and i, I never got to play with him and I, I always wanted to just because I was like, I'm like, how fast can he beat me? Like, you know, like, <laughs> right. like, I'm, I was always so interested in that. I'm like, man, like, this, this is, I'd love to see that. So, so still, I was just texting with him a couple of days ago too. So I still got to set that up. Yeah, I was going to yep. say, you have to you set that up. That. That's like, that should be on your bucket list. That's one of your <laughs> items. Yeah. What is your favorite dessert? My favorite dessert? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's this... A few things pop in my mind. Um, it's probably a tie between a three-way ch- tie between Black Forest chocolate cake. Oh yeah. Um, tiramisu. Oh yeah. And this Thai banana spring roll Ooh. with like <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like a spring roll with like banana in it that has honey drizzled on it and uh, oftentimes served on. Uh, uh, in a banana leaf oh wrapped my in a ba- and so yeah it's pretty pretty spectacular that sounds that sounds awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah okay if you had a billion dollars what would you do with it um split it up equally or appropriately with all the people that helped to make our first uh billion dollar film on real world which will absolutely happen Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely, you put it up there put now. It up there, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah, yes. I, we that, is, that that's that's one of the things we're we're going for. Like, man, one day there's gonna be a billion dollar plus grossing real world film, and everybody who worked on that on our social network is going to get paid appropriately and in perpetuity because that's how we're doing things. Because when you create something, not only should you and society benefit, but your children and your children's children should benefit. Absolutely. So that's a big, big thing for us. Yeah, one person to give a shout out to. Who is it and why did you pick them? I'd say shout out to my, my dad. Um, you know, I'm uh, Jan C. Childress. He's, he's such a, uh, you know, inspiring um, human being. You know, he, he was in politics before comics and, and um, just kind of, I, I think about my dad on a regular basis uh, of, of how, how much uh, his demeanor equipped me um, and, and helped me learn, you know, just learn in so many different ways of how to, to use language to bring people together. And so I'm, I'm just deeply grateful. Um, yeah, just deeply grateful for that. And, and la- language again, you know, translates, it's not just, just words, but it's it, physical language. It's, uh, visual language, you know, the art of storytelling, uh, cinema, et cetera, like uh, you know, all these things are interconnected. It's all communication. So I'm just deeply grateful for, uh, for, for having him as a father. 
Wow. wow. That's a great shout out. That is, definitely. What is one piece of advice you would give to people who want to be in the entertainment industry? I have three M's, and that is meditate, movement, meaning have your own movement discipline, and mentorship. Find mentors that are, are people that you want to learn from and ask them to be your mentor and, and directly ask, you know? Uh, and when I say, you know, meditate, I, I don't mean running is my meditation. Like I, I don't meditate. I run. Running is my meditation. I mean, actually go like train and sit down and meditate. <laughs> 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 they're, they're not the same thing. So uh, it doesn't matter how peaceful you feel. Like go, go and sit down and meditate. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> In addition to all that you have going on, what's next for you? Uh, you know, it's it, next is, uh, is, is closing our, our, our successful WeFunder campaign, honestly. Um, you know, it, it is, people can find us on WeFunder.com slash real world. That's R-E-E-L-W-U-R-L-D. Because uh, it's real, like a movie real and you, because you're in it. And uh, that is, that is a, a key next step for us. Um, you know, if we are, if we are going to, to, to build stories together as a global community, we need a company like Real World um, that actually cares about people. And, you know, I was just on the phone this week with some, you know, very seasoned Hollywood executives that totally get it. And they get that, that Hollywood doesn't really care about people. They care about uh, butts and seats and ticket sales. And there is a, uh, if you have a corporation that is focused on that, that's built on the foundation, it is very hard to shift. Uh, as, as Mark Klasfeld told me, Mark Klasfeld, if you don't know who he is, um, he is one of the most prolific music video directors of our time. Uh, he's of the generation of Mark Webb, uh, who did the amazing Spider-Man and all those guys. Um, and, uh, he, he did Nelly's first video. He did, uh, Dark Horse from Katy Perry. Um, wow. So, so I used to work for Mark. I, I, Mark was my first uh, uh, internship at NYU, and he's also an NYU guy. And uh, years ago, probably like probably eight years ago, I had a phone call with Mark, just kind of catching up with him because uh, um, I had to ask him about his work as a commercial and music video director, <clears throat> and versus like the he's only done a handful of maybe even less than a handful of feature films. And I asked him what, what's going on? Like, what, like, does he want to do that? Uh, does he want to do more features? And he said something so powerful to me that I, I it's, it's really burned in my mind. He said that when something goes wrong on a big ship and you're going the wrong direction, it's hard to change direction because the ship is so large. That's true. That's true. And you know, when you had the, the music videos and commercials for him were a smaller ship, there was much easier to change direction. And I, I always thought about like, that's really profound because it, he broke it down into schedule. He goes and he works on three days on a weekend, uh, you know, three day weekend to shoot, uh, you know, a production, maybe prep for a week maximum. And, and 
and and then he he's creatively satisfied he get, and they get paid and, and they you know they've been there on to the next job and the client's happy everybody's happy he does obviously spectacular work um so you know it's it's hard to change the course of 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 these large ships and it's hard to change the course of of all these these studios that treat us as audience members um like we're numbers so that means we actually simply need new uh, you know new studios new new organizations that are really focused on caring about people and and recognizing that that every person's perspective actually really does matter and okay. and you know it, it's it's not it's not fluff you know it's it's like if a person feels bad and then goes and does something bad to somebody else and then that per- has ripple effects in that person's life etc then we have a, a a systemic problem and right. so we are in the age right now from a storytelling perspective of the collective journey story rather than the hero's journey story we don't need one hero to go out and save the day and bring back fire to the 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 village so that we can all have fire we need to work together to solve the systemic problems. Everyone needs to be a hero. Everyone needs to step up. So that means that the, the organizations that are organizing people actually have to care about everybody, everyone's heart. So the, that is very much at the core of real world. And it's, it's recognizing that your story is the greatest story ever told. And we need to help you tell your story so that we can all come together and tell the greatest stories that we've ever seen. And awesome. so, yeah, the, that Avengers Endgame moment is to me that that that's that's the height of American cinema. the the next The next big thing that we're going to see together as a as a culture <laughs> is going to be movies and shows that we make together, and that that's the the, the main focus of Real World. Wow, that's an, and it's going to happen. Like I said, you put it out there; it's going to happen. Oh, wait, it is in the midst of happening. Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. What is the one thing you want our audience to know about you? That I love them. (laughs) All right. Uh... (laughs) And then my final question is, where can people find you on social media? Oh, at Justice for Hire Everywhere for our first show, at Real World Everywhere for our our company that's built the cinematic social network, Patent Pending. And I'm at Jan Lucanus, that's J-A-N-L-U-C-A-N-U-S, everywhere else. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, thank you, guys. You. We thank really you. appreciate your time. We deeply do. appreciate you guys, too. Thank you. And thanks, Lisa. Love you, Lisa. <laughs> we love you, Lisa. Love you, Lisa. Love you, Lisa. <laughs> thanks, Jan. Did you enjoy the show? I know we did. Make sure to check out Real World and Justice for Hire. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, I'll see you guys next time. Peace out.